0: This is the Alan Carter Radio Program. I'm Mark Carcassol, filling in for Alan all this week. Let's talk about the Russia-Ukraine war, a a bit of a different aspect to it, but one that is certainly playing out in front of all of us. What this war has shown us is how differently war is covered in these times. It's not like the old days where you used to wait for the 11 o'clock news and get the sanitized version of the report. Uh, We are literally getting TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter videos and information as things unfold, oftentimes uh, unsanitized, but they can also be slanted different ways, play different roles for different sides in the war uh, and cause different uh, opinions to circulate among the public. So we want to bring in Ashley Stewart. She's a reporter with GlobalNews.ca. She just wrote a fantastic article called uh, The Russia-Ukraine Information War, How Propaganda is Being Used in Two very different ways. Ashley, thanks for joining the show today.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me.
0: So you've watched this all play out from the start, uh, keeping track on this. And I'm fascinated by this because it's in a way its own separate war. Uh, It's Russia versus Ukraine. Yes. uh, But it's also various types of information being traded off against each other, counteracting with each other and really, uh, you know, I guess, shaping public opinion, uh, which can have a number of different effects. So You know, and this information can be created to mislead. It can also be withheld to mislead, distract. And Russia and Ukraine have very different reasons for doing so, don't they?
1: Yeah, they do. So I actually just got back from um, Ukraine a couple of days ago. And the one thing that struck me while we were there was kind of how tightly controlled the information is being. um, Sorry, how. Tightly the information is being controlled in Ukraine as well. Mm -hmm. I think we've heard a lot about how Russia is using propaganda and censorship and things like that to kind of control the flow of information and slant things in one direction by kind of promoting how well they're doing and why they're doing it, Um, you know, using this rhetoric that they're trying to denazify Ukraine and it's a special military operation. It's not a war. But the ukrainians are doing i mean they're doing it for very different reasons but they are controlling information just the same when we were there we were not allowed to take photos of of certain things we we're strongly discouraged from taking um photos and videos of missile strikes and military hospitals and buildings and things like that and it's actually it's very difficult to report from ukraine at the moment because there are such tight restrictions on everything. But obviously there are different motivations behind that. I mean it's operational security. It's it's the military not wanting Russia to be able to take those photos and videos and then use it to kind of plan further attacks. So it was a very interesting kind of contrast.
0: Yeah. It's I mean after after reading your article, that's really the the first I'd heard because it was in essence an account. Uh, from on the ground of of the tactics being used in ukraine too i think for myself and certainly for many people listening to this this will be the first time they've they've heard of something like this how tightly information is being controlled in ukraine as well
1: yeah exactly i wasn't aware of it before i went there but i very much am aware of it now i mean it the, the military are enforcing it with very heavy hands i mean in the last week, it's now become illegal to share uh, information and in photos and things like that on military um, locations and also on the location of international military assistance. So you can now end up in jail for eight years for sharing that kind of thing. Wow. And I mean, even before that, when we were there, we were strongly discouraged from taking photos of anything. I mean, I was a pr- we, the, the airport was... Um, attacks while we were there in Lviv and I was approached I mean obviously as media all the media were out there kind of uh, showing what was going on because it's very important in these times but I was approached by a, an elderly man who, just a random Ukrainian man who absolutely berated me for for taking photos and videos um, For for media purposes, and it's, I mean, the Ukrainian people believe it so strongly that people, I mean, the military are deporting crews for for taking photos of things that they shouldn't be, you know, like, it's very, very tense at the moment.
0: Yeah, as a journalist too, it's got to be tough because it is our job to sort of shed light uh, in the most honest way on everything that's happening. And, you know, you're being told to basically operate under rules set out by the military there. And they have their reasons, certainly. But at the same time, our job is to mirror, to reflect what's going on there. And you're being told you can't.
1: Exactly. And it's just those kind of uh, decisions that you have to weigh up in the moment. I know that there are crews who are kind of using other methods to kind of get pictures and videos out and and just doing it anyway i mean we did too it's at the end of the day that's the whole reason we were there but you just have to weigh up how much information you include and how much detail you're kind of giving away so it's just a it's you just need to weigh it up on a case-by-case basis basically
0: one thing i found really interesting in your article is and when you really think about it it does make a lot of sense but uh, the Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky is a very powerful tool when it comes to Ukraine's ability to to put out propaganda.
1: Exactly, and I think, I mean, one one person I spoke to kind of said, yeah, these videos that he's making in his bunker and and on the like out in the streets and things kind of are made to look like they're on the fly, but they are highly polished, kind of. Uh, pieces of I mean we say propaganda and it sounds like it gives it neg- negative connotations but it is right. it's a piece of propaganda it's coming from the Ukrainian government they have a very specific narrative that they are pushing as well and it's it's very similar to to Russia's I mean they both want to be seen as um, succeeding and winning this war so they can parlay that to bring in extra military assistance so they can win domestic support I really it's it's just a case of of knowing that the things that you're consuming are highly geared towards a particular narrative that you need to take into consideration.
0: Yeah, and in Zelensky's case too, obviously the all the speaking to various uh, world governments and whatnot uh, plays plays a part in that as well. And I'm sure also the the military colors, the military garb he always seems to be wearing, is, is a part of that as well.
1: Exactly, and this is the thing that that someone else said to me as well is Zelensky is constantly talking about this NATO no fly zone and, and pushing that rhetoric when he knows he's probably not going to get it. But if he keeps going on about this and that keeps showing up on Facebook feeds and Twitter feeds and Instagram feeds, we're all sharing it. Anything less than that, that he gets is still a success because he's, he's pushing that narrative all over social media. Social media is, is his greatest tool right now. And that's why he's become so popular.
0: Even if you disagree with him, and and not just in this case, any information that you share online, even if you share it to disagree with it, you're still getting more eyes on it. Not all of your followers are going to disagree with it and feel the same way you do. So it, it's getting out there. I see exactly what you mean. Now, uh, there has been a, a, a ton of. I obviously haven't been in Ukraine. I've been reporting on this and watching it unfold and and doing newscasts uh, with stories on it in them from here in Canada. But you see a lot of the information, misinformation, rather, on this side too, and. You kind of know when you're a journalist how to sort of couch it, what to believe, what not to believe for the most part, although it's difficult for us too. But one example I can think of is is the videos of the ghost of Kiev, which if anyone doesn't know, was this apparent fighter pilot from Ukraine who uh, was said to have shot down six Russian fighter jets. Uh, There was footage of him involved in dogfights, pictures of him in full gear. The footage turned out to be from a video game pictures of him in full gear turned to be, I don't even think it was a Ukrainian air cadet, but it was some uh, young air cadet just dressed up in gear with the mask on and everything. It was completely false. People bought it anyway. When it was proven to be false to them, a lot of people said, well, it gives the people of Ukraine hope and confidence. And isn't that good enough? Why shouldn't we share this anyway? So does it boggle your mind as much as it does mine, how willing people sometimes are to believe the most obvious bit of disinformation, misinformation, and propaganda?
1: Honestly, yes, very much so. But this extends to just about anything any uh, war, public emergency, you know, like that we're dealing with in in 2022, 2021, like we saw it with the vaccines, we saw it with covid, we've seen it so many times before. Of course it was going to play out in the war as well. There's so many videos that are being shared of Syria and Gaza and people saying that it's in Ukraine because people are obviously just too quick to to share rather than to verify that something is is 100% true and mm. we've seen it obviously we saw it with the ghost of kiev and we've also seen it with um there's a canadian sniper who went out to Ukraine and there was all this Russian propaganda that was coming out that said he was dead. That's and right. for, for many, many days, a lot of the world kind of thought he was dead. I got in contact with his wife. He was, she was thinking that he was like, she didn't know where he was. And she was seeing all this propaganda as well being like, I'm trying not to panic, but this is all out there, you know? And then Wally his, who uh, the sniper kind of came back into, to, he turned his phone on, obviously, and was kind of texting everyone being like, hey, what did I miss? And, you know, like all of these things kind of just they start out and they snowball and they snowball and people just share it like crazy. And it's it's come from something that's not true. So I just think we all need to be super aware of what we're sharing and where it's come from.
0: Yeah, it's it's not just journalists anymore. I think that's the message to everyone is, you know, try to double check your information as best as you can and verify that what you are seeing is actually real incredible before you share it. That's Ashley Stewart with globalnews.ca. Ashley, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Great article, and I'm glad you're safe.
1: Thanks very much.